that Dutch girl. Yeah, I know that, it was like she's that filthy Dutch girl. Dutch girl. Dutch you know girl. what they're like with oh. their red light district and their marijuana, <laughs> their wooden shoes. Yeah, exactly. With all those windmills and tulips. You're not fooling Clogs. us. Canals. Yeah. What the hell on the bikes? You're not fooling us, Heidi. Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> Heidi. Are you serious? Right? Now? I got to give you that. Sucks. Hi, and welcome to Gen Extemporaneous. This is a podcast where I come up with an idea, I do some research, I grab a bottle of wine, I bring everything to Mark, and he pontificates. This is the second episode dedicated to our discussion of the Netflix documentary, The Tinder Swindler, about Simon Leviev, an Israeli national who perpetrated romance scams against multiple women over the last decade. Leviev used dating apps to meet his victims, established lines of credit and loans in their names, and ultimately left them holding the bills. Our special guests, Joanne and Kelly, talk with Mark and I about how Leviev's scams came to a crashing end, and we share thoughts about how scam situations have impacted our own lives. We are bound to disappoint some people who do not share our opinions on this documentary, but remember, we're Gen X. We received our sensitivity chips late in life, and we're still learning how to use them. Okay, so I have no Mark Snedeker to say hi to. I'm kind of adrift. I've, I've never had to do this. Mark is working, and I needed to do this little couple little bit of recordings, and, and here I am all by myself. So let's just kind of leap right into the discussion. We're going to take up where we left off with Kelly and Joanne talking about the Tinder swindler. The reporters finally see Pernilla's name. Cecilia gave us a lot of transactions done with her Amex card. In these transactions, we see flight tickets. There are also names. The business partner, the bodyguard, but we could also find names of uh, different women. So one of the names is Pernilla Schöholm. We're researching this guy, Simon. He seems to be a scammer. Are you involved in this? I'm paraphrasing badly, but essentially that's it. And she freaks out, sends it to Simon. And he goes, no, that's fake. Those are my enemies. And thank mm. God this girl has the wherewithal to say to herself, hmm, are they though? Are they? But in the meantime, like Erland, one of the reporters contacts her, like calls her on Facebook Messenger. I asked Pernilla, can you tell me where, where is? I don't just only know where he is. I am booked on a flight to go and see him tomorrow. He's in Munich. In less than 10 hours, we need to be in Munich. This is ballsy. It is. And Pernilla is like, well, you know what? I'm off to Munich tomorrow and I'm meeting him. And then they set up this sting where they're going to photograph him so that they can prove that Simon is also Shimon and that they are the same bad guy. Right now, this is important. Let's just say somehow. that these reporters are not exactly James Bond, okay? Because they get spotted. Because they get spotted. Look, you have these big telephoto lenses, and you're across the street, and you still get spotted. Like you know, maybe like hide behind a pillar or something. Well, they were behind a pillar, well, but they not, have to peek out at some point. Have Have you ever been? I mean, look, I know Simon is definitely paranoid, and it's probably you know head on a swivel type of thing. But someone could be photographing me from eight feet away and I still wouldn't know it. Right. <laughs> I just don't have that level of awareness. I'm surprised because I would think that you no. are at all times on the lookout for 
potential paparazzi. Yeah, yeah. Well, you would think that. <laughs> I can understand that. But no, I'm probably looking at my phone playing Wordle or something. So. <laughs> They do get spotted. And then all of a the sudden there's a car chase. After he spot, he's like, there's someone, over, there's a photographer over there. So they jump, jump in the car and then they like. They're speeding through the like streets. It's like Lady of Diana through the tunnel. Simon starts speaking in Hebrew and getting very upset to Avishai. And I'm like, well, what's going on? And they were like, there's a camera guy over there. And he started screaming like, get into the car, get into the car. <laughs> They're driving around so fast during Munich. I don't know what they're saying. Do they know that I have set them up to do this? What are they really going to do with me? I remember like, you know, you're, you're looking at the view from the parking deck and him being all frantic right. and like everybody get in the car. Yeah. But I don't remember the car chase. Well, he just jets off. Well, I don't know if there's a car off. chase. It's not really chasing, but he, oh, right. he she says, it's my mistake. It wasn't the French I, connection. I just, yeah. right? <laughs> it was, it's not like Jason Bourne. Yeah, he sped through the streets. Right? He but was they, speeding through they the streets. They do street. a nice reenactment, though, they right? They really do. They have this guy wearing And her his, hand is on, like, the door. Yeah. Like, she's just ready to yeah, jump out at any her, point. They She does this, and Pernilla is like, hang on, hang on. What the fuck? Because Pernilla, at this point, is trying to put on an act. I was just thinking, like, Pernilla, you play your biggest act you have ever done your entire life because otherwise you are never coming home. I'm trying to, like, twist everything around. I'm screaming at him, like, is this your enemies? Are they after me now, Simon? And he's trying to calm down the situation, like, no, they're not after you, it's me they're after. And I'm telling him, just drop me off, drop me off. I never opened a car doors as fast in my entire life. But she's trying to say, well... I love you because she wants the watch to pawn to pay off her bills. Nobody in the right. entire planet had to think that that watch was real. I think she believed it was real because she went there after it, right? Later, she actually went to a pawn shop. She had, right. you yep. know, like she thought, okay, well, maybe I'll get Stupid that. She, woman. Knew. she knew. So at this point, his face is everywhere. This yeah. is Cecilia's. He's Jason thing. Bourne now. He's right? his face is, like everybody knows who him. he is. Yeah. Everybody, it's on the news. It's on social media. All right. So then the girls start joining forces. You have Cecilia and Pernilla, and they're out on the circuit. They're telling you their story. So do you guys think they were earning money doing that? I hope so. Absolutely. Quarter million dollars in debt. And I'm sure Netflix paid them a pretty penny to tell their story. I was, good. I was gonna say, yeah. That's where I believe their money came in. I know there's a uh, I know there's a GoFundMe set up for victims. Is Are you going to yeah. donate, Mark? No. Yeah, <laughs> me neither. No, all this. I already have. Yourself you know with me, Kelly yeah. E's attitude. <laughs> I give to every charity. If you tell me that your your toast went moldy, yeah. I'm going to be sending you money for bread. <laughs> right on. The story is out online, and this woman is about to get on a plane. Her name is Eileen. I was at the airport in Prague. I had been visiting my boyfriend while I was waiting for my plane to leave. I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw the picture of my boyfriend. I clicked on it. The Tindler Swindler? What the fuck is this? Eileen is my fucking spirit animal. The way she <laughs> played him tickled yes. my heart in a way I can't even explain. The, the con she ran on the con man, I just... I literally applauded her while she was doing it. The scam of taking his clothes. I'm on operation sell, sell, sell. Simon is 
texting and calling me all the time. I keep on telling him I haven't sold anything. I was selling, selling, selling. I was never going to send him the money. I just got a notification that I got an offer for one of Simon's items. Speaking of the devil. <laughs> Are you still selling his things now? Yes, I'm still selling his things. <laughs> I just thought that was so good. And I'm so glad that she did it. And I just actually saw an article with a link to her Instagram where she took a picture of herself with his sunglasses. Nice. And she's like, Love yeah, it. you better believe Your it's face. his sunglasses. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I think that she was she was vengeful at the point where she started to do what she did, where she took it. I mean, she was very risque, I will say, going to where he was, wherever he was at the time. She got on a plane and flew there. Uh, packed his uh, all his belongings up and came home and you're watching her iron them and put them on eBay and the money's loading up and he's begging her and begging her and getting mad and then happy and then this is where I saw his several personalities I love you and I care about you I ask a thousand fucking times I ask nicely I'm speaking to you nicely I'm trying to respect you but you don't it seems like you're fucking with me you have no idea how much I love you you just need to trust me one less time Help me out here. I don't have nobody else. I have only you. And you will get the worst fucking enemy you have ever seen in your life. For you and for your fucking family. If you will ever play with me. Give it today. Yeah, I mean, his, he ran his, the he gamut By the of way, personality. He, was, he wore yeah. those kinds of designer clothes that poor people think, think look, look rich, right? Yeah. They're like very garish and there's like logos everywhere like i think true, they're ugly <laughs> a true super rich guy just has really yeah. nice clothes right he's not wearing yeah. he doesn't look like he just stepped out of a you know a music video right he doesn't exactly how just, great was no it, how great was it though when he was texting her that he was staying in a 12 dollar a night hostel and hostel and was homeless. I mean, I I was just laughing the whole time. The, kid, the homeless yeah. king, yeah. from the diamond prince yeah. to the homeless king. Are your parents yeah. dead? Yes. I mean, what happened there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's exactly. it. Exactly. Well, she's the one that contacts Interpol, and then she finds out that he's going to um, Athens. Right. And so she calls Interpol and says he's going to be landing in Athens at right. such and such time. They they arrest, arrest him. Ass. Yeah. Clever. Okay. Swindle here's the a, swindler. Here's a red flag for you. Narcissists, when they feel like there's danger, right? Like he, he's like, oh, that story broke. They are always going to try to contact and con try to start controlling the narrative. And they don't want to let that person, you know, go too long without talking to them because then they think, oh, she could be finding out about this. They just want to control your time from the point where they think it's dangerous until they think that danger is passed. So if you're dating a narcissist that you had that shit goes wrong and he just keeps calling and just, you know, tries to track your day, that's a big red flag, big red flag. Mm -hmm. Wow. I know. There you go. Yeah, that. A little peek into my mind. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> She's like, you called me 30 times yesterday. What is I wonder what was going on? Texting me a lot today, yeah, everyone. What's going on? Um, all right. So she's selling his clothes. He's going to prison. Everything is resolved. Everyone is making money because now there's a Netflix special. I think, yeah. Mark, if we we're gonna put this, if we we're going to seat this episode into our multiple arcs, I yeah. would say crisis of meaning. For sure. 
Yeah, because I feel like these women um, are looking for love in all the wrong places. The wrong places. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to break they're out into song. Looking, there. <laughs> they're looking for Mr. Goodbar. So um, I, when I lived in the U.S., I lived in Florida, and I was dating a guy probably about eight or nine years older than me. And it was a very similar situation where um, he was a jeweler and <laughs> it was all like, you know, flowers know. and jewelry. <laughs> yeah, flowers and jewelry and whining and dining and going out on the boat and, you know, How all that stuff. Him? I met him, I think I met him at a club. Yeah, so we, you know, we dated for a couple months and, you know, it was one of those where, you know, I was busy working. I had my girlfriends, you know, it wasn't all in. I, you know, we dated when we saw each other, we saw each other. When we didn't, we didn't, it was fine. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't head over heels. But um, he, he uh, went away one night to a, a nearby town and I got a call really, really, really late at night and uh, it was very panicky. And he basically said, you know, um, I need your help. And I'm like, what's going on? And he said, uh, I, I need you to send me money. I, I have nothing. I sold my car. I got into some trouble last night. Um, it's something you don't know about me, but I do drugs and blah, 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 blah. And what? I was like, mm, wow. That's not yeah. a great sales pitch, bro. <laughs> what's yeah. Something you don't know. You, I do and, and, Dude, stick stick yeah. with the enemy story. The enemies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, he basically sold his car for drugs and went on a bender and, and claimed he lost everything. And my initial reaction was, Ooh, you're gross. I don't even know who you are. I want nothing to do with you. Wow. But then the kind, the kind side of me said, you know what, I'm not sending you money, but I also don't want to see you in a place where you're going to get hurt. So I'll come and pick you up and I will take you home. And I did. And I took him back to his place. And um, yeah, he tried to contact me after that a couple of times. And I wanted nothing to do with it, obviously. But, you know, just you get wrapped up in the moment and you are, you know, enamored by somebody like I, I wasn't in love with him. But I, I liked him. I liked the fun we had. I, you know, he was a good looking guy. He was, you know, it was it was it, it could have been good. But then when you see that side to them, that's ugly. I was just like, no, I want nothing to do with you. And it's, that's why I was saying the other night, I find it very alarming that somebody would, would make concessions for somebody like that, who lied to you, who didn't tell, wasn't truthful with who they were. Um, you know, they're springing on you a huge, you know, obviously drug problem and asking you for money. All those things to me are huge red flags. Even- Unless you count a couple Nigerian princes that may have, split into my dms yeah, no girl. aside from that no i've never been in a position where i felt like i was being swindled for money um and i'd like to believe that i am that i wouldn't fall for it i, I don't yeah. i don't believe that I. well would. nobody wants to wants to believe that they would fall for it right so there was one that was uh so at a certain point you realize okay this person is you know it, they're catfishing or it's a fake or whatever and normal people would just block and move on with their lives, right? But no, not me. I'm like, <laughs> let's see where this goes, right? And it was, it was just very strange. And she, yeah, she, I think she was pretending that she was some European something. I think mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember. I don't even remember. It's, it's been that while. Gorgeous, and, by the way. Oh, based yeah. on the well, photograph. Based on the photograph she downloaded. Yes. Yeah. So Mark was like, obviously, then, so, she'd be interested. I mean. I, <laughs> That didn't that didn't uh, set off alarm bells at all. I'm like, I'm sure that this is the caliber of She's women. Five foot 
11. Yeah, I'm sure this is the caliber of woman that would be interested in me. So that's fine. It looks like Elena Christensen with blonde hair. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, at a certain point, I'm like, can you just, you know, call me or something or leave me a voicemail or something like that? And, you know, like her game was kind of getting running short or whatever. And then she called. Oh, she, she also had this other thing where like. Where I, was the love talk coming oh, from? Because both of you were telling each other that you loved each other. Yeah, that was part of the game. So um, in any event, she's like, oh, I'm uh, I my father passed away and I'm going to inherit two point five million dollars. <laughs> I'm like, that is great. Right. That's great for you. And then she was like, yes, and but I need to take it to an attorney and um, the money won't be available for a month. You know, can you pay the attorney or some some ding dong thing like that? Right? <laughs> ding dong. And I'm like. Uh, yeah, just give me the information on that attorney's office, right? And she sends some bullshit attorney's office. I'm like, oh, they don't appear to be anywhere. And then eventually she said she left this voicemail where she is clearly African, right? I mean, the accent is clearly African. She's not from Hungary or wherever the hell she said she France or something like that, right? Unless she's France by way of Somalia, which is possible. <laughs> it's possible. It's certainly, it's definitely possible. But, you know, just clearly and and, you know, just like this weird, you know, like, oh, I love you. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what I was looking for. Thank you so much. All right. So Here. he he did like five months of a prison sentence. He did. Simon did five, five months. That seems really out of 15 short. months. 15 months was short. Well, he so, was let out early due to overcrowding issues with COVID. Right. Oh, well. And there I mean, I guess they assume he's a low risk criminal because he's not actually hurting anyone well, first of physically. All, white, white, white collar crime is always under punished. Right now, if he had been, you know, smoking weed on the corner, he'd probably still be in jail. What do you guys think of that? Does he does he deserve more? Of well, this is where I say he didn't uh, other than the past, the fake passports and using a different alias. Buying is not a crime. He lied to people. They willingly gave him money. Um, yeah, he photocopied a few pieces of paper, gave a fake pay stub, but like really, there was nothing criminal he did. I mean, women. other than international wire fraud, there was nothing. <laughs> was it international where, wire where was fraud? The, Absolutely. Where was the international wire fraud, though? Oh, Credit Suisse to London. Fake money transfers, right? Um, Soliciting funds with under false pretenses, um, fake checks, uh, fake checks, um, you know, kiting checks. Basically, there he definitely broke crimes, right? Broke crimes. He so if I photocopied a, a check and wrote it out to you and sent it to you by email and said it's on the way, is that a crime? No. Uh, if yeah, if you did that in exchange for uh, a loan from me, absolutely, that's a crime. Oh, okay. It's fraud. Is it? Right. But Kelly, it's not a crime to say it's not I a crime to say I love you. Bill, That's right. You, you can I use, use it to buy a new outfit. Correct. That is that kind of thing, if it's illegal, would be very unlikely to be prosecuted. But certainly at the level he was, and then he's forging documents and using an alias and all these he multiple passports. That's illegal. He's definitely breaking laws. I agree though. I believe that because it's not he didn't kill somebody, hurt somebody, right. you know, other than money, you know, go and steal a car or whatever. This was all just with women. Um, it's it's just women. minor. 
just women. Yeah, great. it's not like he went to a car lot and stole yeah. a car. He just got yeah, them to pay like for he, it. He just like hurt he, a woman. It's not like he hurt a male-owned business or anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but he truly five months. But here's the thing: he is now saying he's going to countersue because it's all lies. Yeah, definitely do that, bro. That'll work out great. That's not go read go they, read they, his TikTok not, comments. He's I know. Very arrogant. Oh, yeah. well, because he's a crazy narcissist. Right. So he's not going yeah. to admit. And first of all, he will never sue anybody. Well, he <laughs> said he's going after Netflix. He's, he's saying he's going after Netflix. He's but that. how does somebody go into prison with nothing, get sentenced to 15 months and comes out and within a week, he's got a jet plane and he's got a business, uh, you know, well, platform. He's got, and he's and got, an Israeli model girlfriend. He's got a picture. gorgeous, by the way. People proposed marriage to Charles Manson when he was in prison. That's true. I mean, yeah. right? Yeah. Like there are bad guy chasers. That's weird. All right. So I have yeah. one more round, Robin. What he is doing is a numbers game. How does he identify the women who are vulnerable? And two, how many women do you think passed on it? Like said, got to the point where he started asking for money and said, I can nah. tell you what, I can tell you how he tells. He knowing these things is making me look very suspicious. I understand <laughs> that. But I think the first date tells him whether she's the kind of woman who would be a good candidate. Get on a plane with me. Let's go have lunch in Paris or whatever. Right there. They have a certain high tolerance for they have a high risk tolerance. Right their spur of the moment and they're looking for that magic right they're looking for that magical relationship that prince charming and she's like yeah sure i'm down for that let's do it so he knows she has a high tolerance for risk right she is definitely invested in some kind of you know disney idea of you know love it's oh it's love at first sight we're swept away to yeah, beautiful european the, cities the first one said he like they have this that flight they have their coffee the first time he even touches her really is yeah. when they get in the elevator once yeah. they've flown in the plane right and he grabs her and she describes it as this big romantic gesture yeah yeah so he that's how, that's when that's how he tells is that if you go fuck no i'm not going on a plane with you who the hell what do you what are you talking about then he's like okay well she's doesn't she's not going to be willing to you know, kind of go out on a limb or do things that, you know, might common sense might tell you not to do. Yeah. So he knows not to waste any more time with them. And I bet you there are hundreds and hundreds of women matched with, tried the ploy, didn't work, moved on. Uh, and there are guys who date like that, right? We'll just ask every single girl out knowing that one in a hundred will say yes, which is kind of a tough way to live. I think not my really, not my thing, but interesting. Yes. All I right. So. so let's ask Joanne your opinion of that same question. I think he might vet them a little bit more before he actually even meets them. I think maybe, you know, his first obvious criteria based on the women we've seen is attractiveness. And I remember one of them said that one of the things that that attracted her to his profile was they had similar pictures of a jet setting lifestyle. Yes. And Pernilla. Think, of course. Yeah. Right. And I think he looks for that as well. And I think as he's getting to know these women, I think he's also trying to find out what kind of social life they have. Do they have a ton of friends? Yeah. Do they have a lot of vacation time saved up? 
Yeah. They have yeah, wealthy because, parents, like, because Pernella. Yeah. Right. Because if you think about it, if a woman has, you know, this huge social circle, it's more likely that the more women she tells this story to, there's going to be them, you know, more women that say, wait a minute, something doesn't seem right. But if she's kind of, you know, a loner, doesn't have a ton of friends, I think that's somebody who might be more susceptible to the situation. And I'm pretty sure he realizes that you know, the type of personality that would, you know, most likely make a good victim for him. So I think it starts a lot sooner than the coffee date and, hey, will you get on the jet? Yeah, so um, I would say that one of the key things he would be looking for in his, we'll call them victims, would be their response time. Um, He's picking up a lot, obviously, in, you know, if he's texting a woman and she's immediately, you're seeing those three dots and she's typing back, she's She's very eager. Yeah. Yeah. She's in both feet and she's, and, you know, you get somebody who you text and they don't answer you for a day. I think his opinion of that would be, well, they're probably not going to be an easy target. They're not going to fall for this. And so like Joanne says, I think he, he definitely did his homework on people and he wanted somebody who didn't have a large circle of, of friends or, you know, wasn't super busy in their life that had the time to fall for him and then hook, line and sinker just, he takes them away. Exactly. I agree 100%. Joanne, give us a grand conclusion. All right. So my grand conclusion would be that I don't want to blame the victim, but I feel as though these women need to own up to their role in this. They are responsible for their behavior. They're responsible for not doing their due diligence and looking deeper into this guy. Women can investigate better than the FBI. And I find it really hard to believe that they didn't scour the internet looking for all you know little clues and didn't find anything. So I don't think they wanted to know the truth. I think that in some ways, these women are a little gold diggerish. And ultimately, though, the responsibility and the blame does lay with Simon. And he's a horrible human being. And I hope he gets what he deserves someday. And I wish those women the best of luck because they're going to need it if they are still this naive in life after going through what they went through. Do you think they are? I don't know. Um, I would hope that they've learned a lesson. But, you know, to jump right back onto Tinder the way Cecilia did, kind of without a care in the world and laughed it off. I think, I think you would want to be a little more cautious. I hope she's being cautious. Let's, let's uh, appeal to that famous American philosopher, Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> Do you know that a man being rich is like a girl being pretty? <laughs> you wouldn't marry a girl just because she's pretty, but my goodness, doesn't it help? And that's what I, that's more what I see. I don't know that they were looking around for, you know, a meal ticket, but it is very glamorous and exciting. And if you're going to have a boyfriend, would you rather have one that has a private jet or one that lives in his parents' basement? It's just it's mm-hmm. just going to be dazzling. And of course, in retrospect, it all looks very dumb. And there were definitely red flags that they could have should have picked up on. But if you're in that mind space where you're like, I really want to fall in love. And this seems like that opportunity that is very rare. You're going to be loath to give up on that and admit to yourself what's going on. And at a certain point, they're into it so deep that keeping this relationship alive is their only hope of getting any of their money back. So they're probably in denial Mm -hmm. for that too. Like if I admit to myself that this is a fraud and I'm never seeing this money, 
fuck, I'm out $250,000. Yeah, it's sunk cost. Yeah. So uh, you see that, <laughs> you see that everywhere. Yeah. You see that extremely in certain places where you've thrown its relationships or it's maybe parasocial relationships where you've thrown so much at it. You've invested so much. It doesn't have to be money. It can be time. And you go, I'm, I, I've put this much time into this. I, I can't stop. I mean, just keep putting time into it because I need to see some kind of conclusion or I need the W. I need to see something finish. That is not a justification for continuing. Like if you're watching a movie for an hour, you're like, this movie kind of sucks, but I'm already an hour into it. So I'm going to let it suck for another hour and a, another half an hour just because I'm already an hour into it. Well, that's a fallacy, right? You shouldn't think like that because all you're doing is, you know, chasing after a bad investment. So, mm-hmm. and, and that to me resembles gambling, you know, yeah, and, and these women, yeah, these women are gambling well, on him and putting all their money into him and they're not stopping because they think there's going to be a turn of events, which or they hope. there wasn't with, with him. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mark, do you have anything else you feel like you need to share about the Tinder swindler? Ladies, don't go out with him. Like, <laughs> stop going out with this guy. What is wrong with you? There's an Israeli model going on. I know. What is right wrong now. with her? <laughs> if you could answer that question, I feel yeah. like you've got the key to the universe. Maybe. Look, you know that I don't maybe lean very, uh, put very much blame on the victims here. Obviously, you know, you have, you definitely want to say, well, you know, you should have seen that coming, but it is absolutely all on him. We really enjoyed having Kelly and Joanne on the podcast. It was delightful. It was absolutely. Thank you for having us. Uh, First of all, I just want to thank you and Mark for having me on. And I really hope that, you know, my portion of commentary doesn't end up on the editing room floor. She is vicious. I'll tell you that. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> all, those no, impressions, really all those impressions I did, you'll never hear them. <laughs> the singing, singing the opera. Never makes it, yeah. No, his opera never. All right. So that wraps up that discussion. Mark, as I mentioned in the beginning, is not here with me to banter. And I have come to realize after multiple takes that doing a podcast on my own Probably not a good idea. So I'm going to just cut it short. I'm going to thank Kelly and Joanne very much from Mark and I. Their appearance on our podcast garnered a lot of attention last week. I had so much positive feedback from listeners emailing us and DMing me on Twitter to tell us how much they enjoyed the conversation and how much they were looking forward to hearing more from Joanne and Kelly. So I'm going to see if I can't find another topic, and it may actually be Inventing Anna. That is another Netflix movie dramatizing a real life scam perpetrated this time by a woman. So maybe if I can convince them to come and talk to us about that, we can sort of contextualize scam and talk about one of the things that I'm most interested in. Was it more offensive when Anna did it or was it more offensive the way Simon did it? So one of the other things that I want to talk about while I'm here by myself is a couple of the episodes that we have coming up. We're very excited to present next week's, which is a study on sex positivity. We're going to be contextualizing it within the third wave feminist movement and talking about how it came about, what its original definitions are, how it has evolved over time, and kind of where we see it sitting today. After Sex Positivity is a multiple episode arc about true crime. Now, we are not necessarily going to be doing an episode that's a true crime episode, although I won't rule that out. At some point, 
We may do that, but generally we're going to be looking at a meta view of true crime, how it fits into society, why we consume it, what does it do to us when we consume it, what could be the possible symbolic reasons that we consume it. And we'll look a little bit more at the history. So this is going to dig a little bit deeper into how we started really becoming fascinated with true crime. And Hint, it's not just in the 20th century. This has been going on for a very, very long time. So, all right, that's it, everyone. Thank you very much for coming and listening to us each week. We really appreciate it. Please come and join us on social media. We have a Facebook group, Gen X Temporaneous. Mark has a Twitter, at Mark Eats Peach. We have a podcast Twitter, at Xtemporaneous2. And I have a Twitter, at Serious Produce. <laughs>